Welcome to the Preaching Podcast. I'm Paul Robinson, and thank you so much for listening today. The sermon we've got for you today, while it's uh, it's different, that's for sure, because today we're talking about traitors. You know, traitors, right? Somebody who betrays their side for money or for something else. Um, and, and that's what we're talking about today. And, and what we're going to look at is at two traitors in the Bible. Uh, actually, two traitors in the Gospel of Matthew. And perhaps you're, you're putting together who they are. Judas Iscariot. He, everyone knows he, he was a traitor. But there's another traitor that sometimes we don't often think of as a traitor. And that was Peter. Peter was a traitor as well. And so that's what the message is about today. It talks about two traitors that contrasts them and also talks about how, let's be honest, sometimes we're traitors. Sometimes we betray God. And the message is going to cover that as well. So uh, this message comes from, uh, I preached this June 6th, 2021. All right, so not too long ago, and I know it's going to be a blessing. So without further ado, here's the message, Two Traitors. When I say the name Benedict Arnold, what comes to mind? Traitor, right? He's probably the most famous traitor in all of history. But wait, when I say the name Judas Iscariot, what comes to mind? Traitor, that's right. Uh, these two men will always be remembered as traitors. In fact, the four gospel writers, when mentioning Judas, they always mention that he betrayed Jesus. This is stated explicitly seven times of Judas in the Gospels. Being a traitor is what he will always be known for. Judas, the traitor. But there's another traitor found in Matthew 26, a very close friend to Jesus, who denies him three times and leaves him in his darkest hour. This is the most unlikeliest of traitors. This is Peter, the most outspoken of all the disciples. But unlike Judas, Peter is not known as a traitor. Actually, he would become a powerful preacher and would take the gospel to the Jews. You know what? Betrayal is always fueled by something, a motivation. And that's true here. One betrayal was fueled by greed, and the other betrayal was fueled by fear. And so let's look at these traitors tonight, these two traitors, We're going to look at their motivations and the outcomes, and we're going to see what we can also learn about ourselves as well tonight as we look at uh, mostly Matthew chapter 26. So first we're going to focus on Judas. He's the the greedy traitor, Judas Iscariot. I want to point out a few things about Judas. First of all, he, he willingly chose to follow Jesus. Now, the Bible doesn't actually record the call of Judas, you know how in the Bible, uh, Jesus walking by the receipt of customs, he looks at Matthew and he says, follow me. Matthew gets up and follows him and he sees Peter and uh, Andrew uh, fishing and he says, follow me. And they follow him. Well, we don't actually get that with Judas Iscariot. We, we don't get that call. But you know what? Jesus called him and he willingly chose to follow Jesus for whatever reason. He decided, I'm going to choose, I'm going to follow Jesus. This, this man, there's something, there's something different about him. So Judas decided to follow Jesus, and of course he's one of the 12 disciples. The, the, there's more than 12 disciples, but it's kind of the, that, that uh, inner, that group right there that Jesus associated with the most was the 12 disciples. 
Now, Jesus chose Judas in order to fulfill prophecy. And I want you to notice this. Psalm, if you turn to Psalm 41, verse 9. Psalm 41, verse 9. There's actually a few different prophecies that talk about Judas. It talk about the traitor, the one who would betray the Messiah. Psalm 41, 9 says, Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. So this is a reference to Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus. He, he was his friend. He ate, they ate bread together. They fellowshiped together, and he lifted up his heel against him. Also look at um, Psalm 55. Psalm 55, verses 12 through 14. Psalm 55, 12 through 14. It says, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Again, so Judas, uh, someone who was close to Jesus, right there with the disciples, he's the one that betrayed Jesus. And of course, when you think of a traitor, a traitor is someone who's like, you know, he's on your side and he turns against you. And, and you thought he was on your side, but actually, he was working against you. And, and so that's exactly what happened with Jesus. The, the difference is that Jesus wasn't surprised, right? The difference is that Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. And he also knew that Peter would as well. Uh, now, uh, Judas Iscariot was the treasurer for the disciples. You know, he, he, he kept the money. And, um, boy... Uh, it's not good to be a treasurer when you're greedy, you know. But that's that's what happened here. We we don't want you don't want someone in charge of your money who's greedy for money. You know what I mean? But that's that's what happened here. He was the treasurer. He kept the money for the disciples, and you know what? He was disillusioned. He wanted to make a profit off of Jesus. He wanted to use Jesus' popularity and fame to, to make money. And, you know, he probably thought at first he followed Jesus, and he, he was just curious, and he just thought, well, I'll see what, what this Jesus guy is up to. And after a while, he realized that Jesus was really popular and famous, and everyone wanted Jesus, and he thought, oh, I could make some money off of this. I could, I could use this to, to, to my own advantage. Uh, and, and he became disillusioned. He, he became very self-absorbed. He, he really wasn't concerned with what Jesus was doing. He was more concerned with what he could get out of it. Um, also, he was, now I mentioned this, but he was completely greedy, completely greedy. Now, the Bible shows us his greed. So look at Matthew 26. Go back to Matthew 26, starting in verse 7. Matthew 26, verse 7. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it, she, so she pours this on Jesus' head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Now, notice it just says his disciples. But I want you to turn to John chapter 12 because John actually gives us a little bit more information John chapter 12, starting in verse 4. John 12, 4. And it's the same incident. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, 
Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. So here is Judas, the one who, who, who spoke out was Judas. And he was saying it, you know, he, he said it because it, he's acting like he cares for the poor. What a waste. Why, why we could have sold this and given to the poor. And really, he just wanted the money for himself. He just wanted the money himself. He, what, a greedy, uh, what a greedy person he was. And here he is. Uh, he had the bag. You know, he had the bag of money with him. And boy, he, he wanted that money. That was some expensive ointment. And he thought, wow, we could, I could have had that money. And it was wasted on Jesus and you know, nothing's ever wasted on Jesus, right? But that's what Judas thought. And uh, so he was completely greedy, completely self-absorbed. And you know what's interesting? Immediately following this specific event, Judas went to the chief priests and he made a deal with them. And that's, that's where we read just a moment ago in uh, Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16. It was right after this event, right after Jesus says, oh, they wasted that. Uh, I could have had that. I, I, that it, it's expensive ointment. It would have been a lot of money. And so he said, that's it. That's it. And, you know, he was really never interested in Jesus' message anyways and the gospel that Jesus was taking and, and what Jesus was doing. He was really, again, because he was just disillusioned. He was in it for the money. He was in it for himself. And he says, I'm going to go to the chief priests and I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to strike a deal with them. And so he went unto them, he made a deal with them, 30 pieces of silver. That's the price of a slave. The price of a slave. Think about it, that Jesus, the Son of God, was sold for the price of a slave. It's despicable. Judas was a hypocrite. He was a hypocrite. And we see that also in Matthew chapter 26. Uh, and, and we've also read these verses, verses 21 through 25, in which Jesus uh, this is kind of a funny scene because Jesus knows who is going to betray him. You know, Jesus knows everything. So he knows who's going to betray him. And he says, one of you is going to betray me. And they're all like, oh, one of us? Is it me? Is it me? And they're all asking, Lord, is it I? Is it I? And so to keep face, Judas does the same thing. He's like, well, everyone else is doing it. I better do it. Master, is it I? And Jesus is like, well, you've said it, you know. And... Uh, and it's interesting that um, another account says that Jesus dipped it. And he says, uh, the, the one I give it to, the sop when I, who I give it to, that's him. And he gives it to Judas. It, it's just, it, it, he's a total hypocrite in the fact that he just wants to keep up appearances. You know, master is it I? And he, he knows it's him. Judas knows it's him. He's the one. Uh, he should have been very worried that Jesus knew it was him, right? Like, how would Jesus know it's me? But Jesus knew, of course, he did. We have this man who's a total, uh, nothing more than a greedy, self-delusional hypocrite who's willing to sell his Savior for 30 pieces of silver. And uh, one more thing about Judas is that he, he was not saved. Not saved. And I want you to look at John chapter 13. John chapter 13. I want to show you this because we can be certain that he was not a saved man if you haven't been convinced already. John chapter 13, verse 26. So here we are. This is the, uh, this is the upper room. 
And Jesus answered, He it is, he's talking about the one who betrays him, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Now, this is truly amazing because it says, it says that Satan, the devil himself, entered into Judas. Not just a demon, but the devil himself entered Judas Iscariot. And you know what? A Christian, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. The Bible says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So a Christian cannot be demon-possessed, but this is not just demon-possession. This is Satan-possession. This is Satan himself going into Judas Iscariot because the devil realized, I've got to stop Jesus. I've got to do whatever it takes. And so here's a, one of his closest disciples. I'm going to use him. And he enters into Judas to use him to stop Jesus. And we know that he didn't stop Jesus, did he? But he sure tried. And he wanted to use Judas to do that. Judas was a part of the devil's plan. And so Judas was not a saved man. Not a saved man. Aren't you thankful that the devil can't enter into you? Amen. Demons can't enter into you. They, they cannot possess you because you're already possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Amen? And so, with all of this taking place, next we have the betrayal. The betrayal. Judas took a group of soldiers with him and found Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Truly despicable, nothing but false affection. You know what? Jesus called him friend. He said, friend, wherefore art thou come? Can you imagine that? Jesus, he is talking to this man who just betrayed him, and he calls him a friend. How that must have got to Judas. And of course, we know that despite that, Judas was nothing more than a scoundrel. In his book, Twelve Ordinary Men, Dr. John MacArthur says this about Judas and I quote, Judas is a tragic example of lost opportunity. He heard Jesus teach day in and day out for some two years. He could have asked Jesus any question he liked. He could have sought and received from the Lord any help he needed. He could have exchanged the oppressive burden of his sin for an easy yoke. Christ had given an open invitation for anyone to do so. Yet in the end, Judas was damned because of his own failure to heed what he heard. That's truly incredible that for that period of time, two or three years that Judas was with Jesus, he saw him work the miracles, he saw him teach and preach, and yet he never made that real in his own life. He, he never received Jesus as a Savior. He never believed in Jesus as his Savior. The whole time he was just an actor, a hypocrite, just playing his part and it truly is sad. Have you ever been there? Have you ever betrayed Jesus because of greed? Now you might say, well, I would never do that. Oh, how about withholding your tithe? Oh, I'm, well, money's tight this weekend, can't afford my tithe. How about robbing God by not spending time in his word? saying that, oh, well, I just don't have time. I just don't have time to spend time with the Lord. And that's greed. That's greed. Uh, skipping church because of a football game or a camping trip or a birthday party or whatever, saying uh, something else is more important than God. That's greed. That's, that's saying, I want to do what I want to do. You know, this is, this is my only chance. This is my only chance to go to the mountains. You know, and, and so... Guess what? We have betrayed the Lord. 
for greed. We, we, we have turned our backs on God because of greed, as Judas did. I mean, maybe not to the level that Judas did, because Judas sold out the Son of God. But you know what? We certainly can be guilty of betraying God, can't we? Betraying Him because of greed. Really betraying Him because of any sin. It doesn't have to be greed. It could be anything. We can be guilty as well. And so we have Judas. And we're going to pick up with what happens to Judas in just a moment. But let's also look at P Peter. Peter was the fearful traitor. And we all know Peter, right? <laughs> he was the spokesman for the disciples. In fact, he would sometimes say something when nothing needed to be said. Remember when they were on the mountain transfiguration? And Jesus is transfigured before them. It, the Bible says Moses and Elijah were there too. And Peter's like, wow! And he didn't need to say anything. You know, it's just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy this moment. But Peter had to open his mouth. Oh, Lord, let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Why? <laughs> you know, doesn't make any sense. But he had to say something, you know. Uh, he, had, he had a bad habit of sticking his foot in his mouth, you know. You ever been there? Whoops. Wish you could take it back, you know. Take it back, take it back. You know, you can't take, once you say something, you really can't take it back. <laughs> you can't take it back. But no one could deny Peter's sincerity and passion for Jesus. He was passionate for Jesus. He loved Jesus. And he was determined to follow him no matter what. He said, Lord, we have left everything. We've left our families and our houses and our occupations. We've left everything to follow you. Peter said that. Oh, he loved the Lord. And so he said, I'm going to follow you no, no matter what. That's what he said at the Last Supper. Uh, look at Matthew chapter 26, Matthew 26, and verse 33, Matthew 26, 33. Peter answered and said to him, though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Yeah, whew, I'm never going to offend you. Lord, just, I'm never going to be offended. I'm going to be faithful to you. Hey, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to tell those people. I'm going to tell them. You listen to Jesus. I'm going to, I mean, whoo. There you go. Uh, well, guess what? Jesus' response was not what Peter expected. His response in verse 34. Just said to him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. That's three times. All right, thrice. That's probably not what Peter expected to hear. Peter probably expected to hear, That's right, Peter. Good. I can always count on you, Peter. That's good. Thank you. I know I can count on you. Instead, he says, hey, Peter, um, before the night's over, you're going to deny, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Three times. Not once. Not twice. Three times. And uh, you know what? Peter had a whiplash reaction to that. Verse 35. Look what he says. Peter said to him, though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. So Peter's like, no, I'm not going to deny you. And all the disciples are like, that's right. We're not either. We're not going to deny you. Not going to happen. Oh, my goodness. And so he was, he was determined. He was resolved that he would not deny the Lord. Well, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John. He takes them to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Verses 36 and 37, look at that. Then come Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. Saith unto the disciples, 
Now this is Peter, James, and John. Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Okay, so apparently some of the other disciples went with him. But, but then inside the garden he took the three of them. And it says he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Of course, Jesus here is going gonna, is gonna to be that, that last prayer. That last prayer recorded in John chapter 17, I believe. That he prays to the Father. And Jesus knew what was about to happen. And you know what? He knew Judas had already betrayed him. He knew that Peter was about to betray him. He knew the other disciples were about to forsake him and leave him. Although John would be there with him when he's on the cross. Um, but he, he knew all of this was going to happen. He knew he was about to be beaten and crucified. He knew the torture. He knew the separation from God, the anxiety that he was going through here is truly incredible. And it says here that um, instead of praying, that here's the three disciples. This is Peter and James and John. These are like Jesus' most faithful followers right here. And Jesus says, pray with me. Pray with me. But they don't. They sleep. They're too tired. Have you ever been there? You know, need to pray, need to spend time with the Lord, but you're too tired. Uh, look at verse 40. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto, unto Peter. He says to Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now I'm reminded of that all the time. Well, I want to pray, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, my flesh, curse this flesh, this body that gets tired, you know, and it needs to sleep. So that's what was happening here. They, they, um, they were sleeping instead of praying with the Lord. His final hour, his darkest hour, they, they should have been there. All right, Jesus, we're with you. We're with you. They were sleeping. Well, G Jesus finishes praying and asks the three men to come with him. He knows that the moment has come for Judas to openly betray him. When confronted by the soldiers, Peter pulls out a sword and he cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers. You know what Jesus does? Attaboy, Peter. Good job, Peter. Yeah, get him. No, Jesus doesn't do that. He rebukes Peter. What are you doing? Stop. Give me that ear. I'm so sorry about that. Let me just... Puts it back on, heals it. That guy's probably like, what's going on? You know, my ear is back on. He, he heals his ear. And you know what? Peter had tried to stand up for Jesus, but he'd done something foolish, something rash. He was doing something without thinking. Was there nothing that he could do to protect Jesus? Jesus is willing to go with the soldiers, and this is when the Bible tells us then all the disciples forsook him and fled. That's verse 56. Matthew 26, 56. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. They're like, we're out of here. Woo, let's get out. And you have to realize, I, I, I think some of the um, study Bibles point out that the soldiers with Judas could have been hundreds of soldiers. You know, it wasn't just like five soldiers. It could have been several hundred soldiers. So they're like, this is an army. We're not going up against them. I guess Jesus doesn't want us to, to engage, so I'm out of here. And they leave. They run away, and that included Peter. You know, Peter, who a moment ago, hey, Lord, I'm going to stand up for you. I'm not going to die, deny you. I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to, hmm. 
No, he's running. He's running away. And so next we have the betrayal. While Jesus was on trial, Peter tried to be close by. He was trying. Uh, he was... Um, he was full of fear, though. He was full of fear and anxiety. And uh, you know what? He wanted to be with Jesus, but instead he was outside by the fire. Outside, and there was a group of people there, and they had a fire going, and he was just kind of standing there by the fire, warming himself. And we see the first denial. Uh, look at verse 69. Verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace. Damsel came unto him, saying... Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. So she says, hey, you're with, you were Jesus, weren't you? And we have Peter's reaction, verse 70. But he denied before them all, saying, I, I know not what thou sayest. Well, that's one. Then we have the second denial, verse 71. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Then we have Peter's reaction. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. That's two. And then we have the third denial, verse 73. After a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. So they, they could tell by, by his speech. And uh, then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. Well, that's three. And it says, immediately the cock crew. So the cock crows. And that's when Peter remembers what Jesus said. And of course, Jesus was right. Peter had just denied Jesus three times. He even swore like a sailor. You know, he was a fisherman. He let that sailor talk come out. You know what Luke tells us in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus turned, and he looked into Peter's eyes. Can you imagine that? It was a look of disappointment. Peter was nothing more than a traitor, forsaking his Lord over fear. He was afraid. He didn't want to be associated with Jesus. Have you ever been there? Have you ever betrayed Jesus because of fear? You know what? This is far, far too common today. Christians who are afraid to let others know that they're Christians. They're undercover Christians. You know? <laughs> nope, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a Bible. Oh, I don't go to church. Nope, don't know what you're talking about. Too afraid to speak up or to speak out. It's one thing to look like a Christian when you're at church, but let me ask you, do you look like a Christian when you're out in the world? There's something different about you. Do you ever defend Jesus? Do you ever share the gospel with others? Do you ever even tell others that you're a Christian? You know what's interesting? When you tell people you're a Christian, they'll be careful what they say about you. They'll be careful what they say around you. They'll cuss and they'll say, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Because <laughs> they know you're a Christian. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. And so here's Peter denying the Lord. It's very interesting that both of these men betrayed the Lord. They both betrayed the Lord on the same night. One because of greed and the other because of fear. You know what? The outcomes were completely different. And with these men, we have two different hearts and two different outcomes. Both of these men betrayed Jesus, but their reactions were completely different. 
And it all comes down to the decision that each man made. Their decision revealed their heart. So let's look at these real quick. Judas was remorseful. Remorseful. So look now at Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Starting in verse 3. It says, Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. He hanged himself. You see, he was full of remorse and regret. He realized that he just betrayed the Son of God. Jesus was completely innocent. He said, what was I thinking? What have I done? But you know what? He did not seek forgiveness or redemption. Instead, he instead allowed his incredible guilt to cause him to go hang himself. You know, is it, that's why people commit suicide, because they feel guilty. They feel ashamed. They feel burdened down. They feel like there's no way out. And they say, it's not worth it anymore, and they take their own life. And that, that's exactly what Judas did. He went and he hanged himself. He died like a common criminal. He allowed that regret. You know, he could have, he could have said, I'm going to go to Jesus. Now, I understand Jesus was on trial. But you know what? There's always room for forgiveness and repentance, which we're going to get to in a second. Judas was remorseful, but Peter, on the other hand, Peter was repentant. Uh, now, I want you to go back to Matthew 26, and I want you to notice verse 75. So the cock crows, it says, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Wow. You know what? He did not kill himself. Instead, he wept. He must have felt like a total failure. But that... That is not the end of the story. Peter thought that it was all over. Jesus is dead. In those days, Peter's world must have come crashing down. Peter must have really thought, what, what is going on? What's happening? Really, that's true for all the disciples. Because Jesus dies, they didn't expect him to die. They, they didn't know that was going to happen. Even though he told them, hey, I'm going to die. And then three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. And they're like, we don't get it. So they, they didn't understand what was happening. But that all changed when Jesus came back. He rose from the dead. And John records that fateful morning when Jesus finally speaks to Peter for the first time after the resurrection. Peter thought that Jesus would not want such a person to be his spokesman. Oh, Jesus doesn't want me. Jesus can't use me. And so he wanted to go back to being a fisherman. Well, I guess I'll be a fisherman. I'm pretty good at that. I'll be a fisherman again. Jesus doesn't want me. Well, if Jesus were a typical master, that would be true. But Jesus is far more loving, far more forgiving than any old master. So let's look at John chapter 21. Turn there. This is such an incredible account. John 21. This is unique to the Gospel of John. John 21, 
starting in verse 15. This is an amazing story because Jesus, he helps them uh, uh, cook up some fish, have breakfast. That must have been amazing. But he wants to talk to Peter. So he says here, verse 15, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said to him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Peter denied Jesus three times. And so three times Jesus asked him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And every time Peter said, yes, you know I love you. And so he said, all right, I've got a job for you to do. Feed my sheep. Get to work. Preach the gospel. It really is amazing. You see, because when it comes down, it comes down to that decision. That you've betrayed the Lord. And you can have the attitude of, of uh, being uh, burdened down by all that guilt and shame. and I can't believe what I did. I can't believe I would do that or say that. And so God could never use me. Jesus would never want to use me after that. And if that is your decision, then he won't. He won't use you. But you could be like Peter and, and say, Lord, I love you. And Lord, I, I want to serve you. And you could say, Lord, forgive me of my sin and use me again, and he will. Amen. He will. And you know, we're talking about decisions. And when you choose to repent and to ask God to forgive you, that's when God chooses to forgive you and restore you and use you again. Amen. But God is not going to choose that. God is not going to do that until you first repent and ask God for forgiveness. And that really is the crux of this message. You see, we've all betrayed the Lord. We've all sinned. That we really do need to realize that any sin is an act of treachery against a holy God. Any sin. Any sin is a sin against God. And in James 4.4, 4, James tells us, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. The truth is, any sin will put you at enmity with God. When you give in to sin, you've joined, you've joined the other side. You've joined the other side. Now you're up against God. Well, I, I, would, not, I would not want to go against God. I would not want to fight against God. But that's exactly what we do. And you know what? If God were your typical captain, he would have you court-martialed. He would say, you're a traitor. You deserve to die for what you did. Oh, but God is far more loving and far more forgiving than any regular captain. He's a holy God. He's a just God. But he's also a loving God and a forgiving God and a merciful God. And he will forgive your sin.
If you are willing to repent, then God is willing to take you back and use you again. Use you again. You know, Peter would go on to become a powerful preacher. Well, we know that's true. But it's not because he deserved it. Because he didn't. He didn't deserve it. It was because the grace of God rescued him and changed him. Peter would never deny the Lord again. He never did it again. No, instead we see him, the Bible says in the book of Acts, he was full of the Holy Spirit, full of boldness. And he stood up and he preached. He was not afraid to stand up against the rulers, against the chief priests, you know, the elite. He was not afraid. He was not afraid to get thrown into prison. I mean, what a powerful change he had. The man who once denied Jesus. We look at Judas Iscariot and we remember him as a traitor, but we don't remember Peter as a traitor. We don't think of the, oh, the apostle Peter, the traitor. We don't think of that because God took him and he changed him and he used him to do great things. And maybe you've betrayed the Lord. You've, you've let him down, disappointed him. Oh, that's not what you need to be remembered for. You don't have to be remembered for that because God can still take you and use you. God can use... We're all broken vessels. We're all broken. And God can use broken vessels. God can use broken people. Actually, He likes to use broken people. He likes to do that. God can use you still. God uses traitors as long as they're willing to repent. That's the decision. Will you repent? Will you say, Lord, forgive me and use me again? Use me again, Lord. Jesus is saying to you, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your sin? Do you love me more than these others? Do you love me? And it's up to you to say, yes, Lord. You know I love you. Amen. Really puts it in perspective, doesn't it? We've all betrayed the Lord. In some way or fashion, we've all betrayed the Lord. We're all traitors, and God is willing to take us back if we're willing to repent. And so once again, it's interesting to contrast the two traitors in the Gospel of Matthew. We have Judas and Peter. Remember, Judas betrayed Jesus over greed. But Peter betrayed Jesus because of fear. And keep that in mind that we can betray God because of greed or because of fear. Greed is completely selfish. Well, really, so is fear. And so ask yourself, have I betrayed the Lord in these ways? Also remember their responses. Judas was remorseful, but Peter was repentant. Now, let me tell you, God cannot take you back and use you if you're remorseful. Okay, that, that's not good enough. You've got to repent of your sin. You've got to repent and make things right, and then God can use you again. You know, Judas, uh, his remorse led him to going out and committing suicide. That was the end for him. Whereas Peter met with the Lord Jesus again. Jesus had a conversation with him. He had a, had a serious talk, and Peter repented and got right, and look how God used him in the book of Acts. Wow. All right, so yes, maybe you've betrayed the Lord in some degree, but... God can still forgive you and use you. I hope that message was a great blessing today. Thank you so much for listening. I did want to tell you that 
the preaching podcast has expanded to YouTube. I'm really excited. Go to YouTube and subscribe. And uh, there's a few videos there already. I'm going to be putting out more content there. And YouTube, uh, I'm putting out some extra content, all right? So it's not like, well, I already listen on Spotify. No, these are going to be some extra things on YouTube videos. I've got a video there right now about getting the most out of your quiet time. And uh, each uh, starting next week, I will be having a video each week that will be a devotional thought. And I'll have a devotional thought every week, something that will just help you in your Christian life. So please go to YouTube. Uh, check it out, subscribe, and I really would appreciate that. Uh, my website is paulrobinsonbooks.com. Check it out. Uh, look at my books and my blog. Uh, my church's YouTube channel is Northside Baptist Church, North Glen, Colorado. And there you can see more recent sermons I've preached, as well as sermons from the other pastors at the church. Um, also, remember, you can donate to this podcast as little as a dollar a month, and I uh, sure would appreciate that. There's a link at the end of the description of this episode. You can click on that, and I would really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I'm Paul Robinson, and until next time, God bless you. Thank you.